Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is up, San Francisco 49ers fans? Welcome back to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I am your host, as always, John Chapman, and I'm coming a little earlier than your typical time, uh, depending on, uh, <laughs> usually I like to record after work, but guess what? Uh, with the virus and everything that's going on, it's crazy. Um, I had my online classes for the first time today as a teacher. They went uh, swimmingly well. and But anyway, I wanted to get to you guys. Because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Number one, we're going to be going over a lot of the updates and free agency with the 49ers. Um, but then also, because of this, you know, DeForest Buckner trade and bringing in the number 13th overall pick to the 49ers, now we've got a lot more draft prospects to talk about. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be shifting, um, you know, after we talk about free agency news, to two potential targets with that number 13 pick at cornerback, which is a major position of need long term uh, for the 49ers. They might be just fine in 2020 with Richard Sherman, Emmanuel Mosley, and then Akello Witherspoon backing up. However, uh, you look at the contract situation long term, uh, Akello's going into his last deal year of his deal, so is Richard Sherman. Emmanuel Mosley, even if you love him, uh, undrafted free agents, a little bit limited in athletic ability and upside, but um, even if you know you think Sherman, Akello, and Emmanuel Mosley are going to be there for two, three years, um, it's a premium position in the NFL. You can't have enough of them. So I, I do think that corner is going to be a possibility there. And we're going to focus on two guys and break down a lot of film. C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida, and uh, Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. So that's kind of what we have on the agenda. But before we jump into the draft, there have been several free agent um, signings for the 49ers. And here's the deal. Kyle Shanahan came out in his press conference and said, uh, this was, you know, before free agency started. I really feel, uh, these are Kyle Shanahan's words, I really felt like we had the best roster in the NFL. I really felt that way all the way up until the end. Whenever it turned out, we didn't. But I want to bring all of our guys back. And guess what? Um, he has continued to do that because they have not brought in one outside person yet. Um, now, they did get rid of DeForest Buckner. They couldn't pay him. And, you know, we talked about that last episode. If you guys want to jump back in there and listen to, you know, the reaction and reflection on the DeForest Buckner trade, 
for the 13th overall pick. But here's the deal. With that extra cap space, you know, you got about $14 million cap space back. It has been used to bring a lot of players back. Uh, ben Garland, who was the starting center for the Super Bowl, you know, used to play for the Falcons, came over with Kyle Shanahan. He is older. But, um, you know, the 49ers went after some interior guys in free agency but just didn't land any of them. And with where they are cap-wise, the 49ers have to be smart. And that's kind of what they're doing. So Ben Garland comes back on a one-year deal, $2.25 million. Um, so, you know, we have a little bit of depth there at the interior offensive line position. But I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think our starting center is currently on the roster. I think that that is one of those spots that will be addressed in the draft. Um, I, the, the center position is key for this offense. Kyle values it a lot. Um but yeah, Ben Garland's brought back on a one-year $2.25 million deal. They tender Kendrick Bourne and Matt Breida. So it does look like each one of those guys are probably going to be back. Um, so it's it, like a 95% chance. So here's the deal, what that means. A tender, so they tendered them with the second round. Another team, let's just say the Miami Dolphins, who have a lot of money, let's say they fall in love with Matt Breida. They want to go out there and they want to sign Matt Breida for $4 million a year. The 49ers can say, nope, we don't want to match it. So you get Brita, but we get your second round pick. That's how that works. So it does seem like Kendrick Bourne and Matt Brita will return. Um, their salaries cannot be lower because of the second round tender than $3.259 million. So again, $3.2 million for both of those players, uh, which are still bargains. Um, you know, the Brita one was interesting because, you know, Kyle Shanahan basically refused to give him the ball uh, throughout the playoffs, uh, despite only having one other or two, if you count Jeff Wilson, viable um, running back. So it's interesting there, but he don't want to let him go. So Kendrick Bourne and Brita do seem to return. And the running back, again, he's got five <laughs> running backs under contract. A lot of people thought Jarek McKinnon was going to get cut. Uh, he was due a lot of money and a lot of dead money. But what he decided to do, and McKinnon came out publicly and said, look, I will rework my deal. I want to be a part of this team. I want to prove what I can do. He cuts all of his guarantees and drops down to a veteran minimum um, just to compete for this job. So, you know, he's he's a cap casualty. He could still be cut, but he's going to get the opportunity. You know, we've missed him two years in a row because of his knee. Hopefully he is fully healthy now. You know, Kyle Shanahan wants to see – Jarek McKinnon fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do more than any other guy we have on the roster. Um, now, I don't think he's the best back. Raheem Mostert is clearly the best running back on this team. I don't think anybody would doubt that. But Kyle Shanahan, for some reason, loves Tevin Coleman. Um, you know, I think there is a possibility if everybody else is healthy – Tevin McCollman has no dead money, and it's like $4.5 million. So if you cut Tevin, uh, you get all that cap space back. It doesn't cost you a penny. But Kyle Shanahan loves him, so I doubt that's going to happen. But anyway... Also, Ronald Blair, probably one of the most important signings, I think. Uh, he was a priority free agent for me, uh, the defensive end out of Appalachian State, who's been with us for a long time. Bring him back on a one-year deal, really excited. I think he's going to be one of the key guys whose snap count's going to increase with DeForest Buckner gone. Um, he's going to be playing end and that three-tech defensive tackle spot, so glad to have him back. Jimmy Ward, you know, a big point of tension for a lot of the fan base, gets brought back Mr. Glass himself. He signs a three-year, 
million dollar deal. Uh, makes him about the 14th highest paid safety in the NFL. Um, yeah, some people love this one, but the cap figures were very, very friendly. Um, all these deals. Every single deal the 49ers have signed have brought a lot of cap flexibility. Um, really, really excited about that because here's the deal. Also, Sean Coleman, backup swing tackle. He's really the four-string uh, swing tackle who hasn't really played for the 49ers at all to a one-year deal. But here's the deal. We go through and we talk about all these after, you know, the extension or, you know, the contract extension for Eric Armstead. After all those signings I just went through, the 49ers still have $11 million left in cap. So they have the position flexibility to where they can do a deal or two. Now, Emmanuel Sanders is still out there. A lot of people want to bring him back. I get it. Um, he is old. He just turned 33 yesterday. Happy belated birthday. I know he listens to the show. Um, sarcasm insert here. But here's the deal. Let's say you want to bring back uh, Sanders. Uh, the Cowboys have expressed interest in him. Uh, you're going to have to spend, you know, it's going to cost 8 to $9 million minimum, uh, possibly more. He did have a great year last year. Now, the 49ers gave up a third and fourth round pick to bring him in just for half the season. Are you okay letting him go for that value? Now, we did get a fifth in return from Denver, so we did get a fifth back. But if he does sign, let's say he signs with the Cowboys, uh, the 49ers are going to be getting comp picks. Compensation picks, the way that works, 49ers haven't had them in a long time. Um, but basically the way it works is it's a three-part formula. Okay, One, you have to lose more than you gain. That's number one. The 49ers haven't been in that boat in about five years. But then on top of that, the three-part formula is this. Number one, how much money are they making? Two, how much playing time? Three postseason awards. So things like Pro Bowl, All-Pro, uh, Comeback Player of the Year, things like that. So... Let's say you lose five free agents and you bring five free agents. You could still get comp picks if money paid out, playing time, and postseason awards, you lose more than you gain. So whenever people always ask me, you know, probably one of the most common questions is, what kind of comp pick can we get if so-and-so leaves? Well, it always depends. Uh, but if you look at the 49ers situation they're in now, they're not bringing in any outside free agents yet. Every guy that we have signed was already with us. So Levine Toilolo is the first to leave. He signed a two-year deal, $6.2 million with the New York Giants. They love our tight ends. They have Caden Smith over there as well. Um, but So that's the thing. We're already negative. So it's looking like we'll get a comp pick already as long as we don't bring in a big free agent that wasn't with the 49ers before. If Emmanuel Sanders leaves, that's going to be more. And there's a lot, lots of players that are still on that list. Elijah Lee's a possibility. There's a couple other guys as well. But it does seem like we will be getting some type of compensation back, even if we do choose to sign Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so again, we have that $11 million around there left in in our, our deal but we also have to pay you know one of the things about trading for that 13th pick in the buckner deal that costs 2.9 million this year so that counts against the cap in the number 31 overall 1.9 million now the fifth sixth and seventh round picks those don't count against the cap because only the top 51 salaries will count uh as far as salary cap numbers go you still got to pay them they just don't count against the cap. So those are the only two ones. You know, you add those together, it's basically $5 million. So technically, the 49ers have about $6 million left. But 
you know, if you go to and if you look at, um, you know, we could still restructure a couple things. We could still see some other stuff that's out there. So just wanted to update you kind of what's out there with free agency um, and where we are with that. Um, so uh, now let's move to our draft conversation. All right. And th- this is fun. You know, I-, I put these videos up on the Patreon account if you want to join us over there. Um, you know, let's transition over to our highlights now and our film cutups. The first guy we're going to talk about is Christian Fulton. Cornerback out of LSU. Now, here's the deal. Both of these guys are viable options at pick 13. Now, obviously, the fans want a wide receiver. They want Jerry Judy, and I'm not against that. Uh, I do think wide receiver is probably the most likely position target at pick 13, uh, whether that's Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, or Henry Ruggs. But outside of that, another very real possibility is cornerback. And you're going to see Christian Fulton on here. Um, he is number one. Um, you're going to see him bounce around. Now, he does have some a couple different numbers depending on when the tape shows up. But uh, going to show some highlights, then some actual film study and all those things. So uh, here's the deal with Christian Fulton. He's a blanket. You know, whenever I'm typing in the notes and I'm trying to, like, go through and if I see something, like, I, what stands out most to this player, uh, I typed blanket. Sticky, zero separation, absolute Velcro. Again, blanket is just what comes to mind. He is always, here you can see him, number 22. Uh, that was the previous year. And again, he was awarded the number five, uh, number one jersey, which if you don't understand the way LSU does things, um, they give out single-digit numbers to the top kind of players and attitude guys on their team. So uh, th- that's a big deal there. Now, here's the the good and the bad about Christian Fulton. Let's go through what his metrics are as his film is playing for you guys there. He's a six-foot corner, 197 uh, pounds. So you, he's a thick dude. He, he's not a small guy, and he's got a little bit of mass to him. Now, at nine and one-eighth inch hands, 30 and a half or five eighths inch arms, four, four, six, 40. So the time there is great. 35 and a half inch vertical and a 123 broad with a 6.943 cone. So athletically, he's not elite, but he's not bad in any category. You know, he's not your long rangy corner. He's much more of um, an athlete that just has great awareness and is very, very good at reading wide receivers, okay? oh, Now, here's the problem. Only one year as a full-time starter. He would have started three years, but he had some issues. Uh, he had a foot injury a few years ago that cost him some time. And then, and this is interesting with the new CBA, he got caught tampering um, with an NCAA drug test. He, uses some, he used somebody else's urine sample and got caught. And so they banned him, so he's missed, you know, Part of the year with a foot injury, then he missed the following year with the drug test. Now, will teams hold that against him as much as they used to? Because guess what? You cannot be suspended under the current CBA for a failed drug test when it comes to marijuana. So, you know, if we're talking... You know, a year ago, just last year, I think certain teams would have red flagged him for that. But I don't think that uh, it will bear as much weight as it has in the past. Now, if we look at just the stats. Sorry about that. Take a 
quick drink of coffee here. If we look at the stats, his his ball skills are good, just interceptions are a little low. He's got two two interceptions, 20 passes defensed, 56 tackles, two tackles for loss, zero sacks, one forced fumble. So, <coughs> excuse me. You're not seeing, you know, a lot of numbers there. And the main reason why is one playing time, uh, you know, whenever the games he was involved in, people went away from him. But then he missed a lot of time with the injury and the suspension. Um, you know, he's not a guy that's going to blitz a lot. He wasn't used that way in LSU. They just put him on their best wide receiver uh, week in, week out. He had no problem guarding the number one wide receiver every single play. And again, he's always in phase, always there. Now, if we look at the advanced stats, and this is where it gets fun and kind of where he is ahead of everybody else. So, one, his film is as good as anybody else. I believe that. Um, I would be willing to argue Christian Fulton has the highest ceiling of any corner in this draft, and that is including Jeffrey Akuda. If everybody plays to the height of their talent, this kid, he's going to be the best corner in this draft. Um, I just really believe that. His film is that good. The problem is there's not that much of it. Problem is he doesn't have a lot of interceptions. Uh, you know, we look at the advanced stats here. He has been targeted 111 times, and he allowed 48 catches. Okay, so that's a 43% catch rate. Those are good numbers. 74.3 passer rating allowed. Those are good numbers. He does have six missed tackles. But where he stands out above everybody else is forced incompletions. He leads the entire country, uh, the entire college country, every single NCAA corner, uh, 20 forced incompletions, which is first overall. He had one dropped interception and only allowed five deep balls completed on 18 pass attempts. That's traveling 20 or more yards. Those are great numbers. Um here, he's never outmatched bump and run or press corner. There's nobody that's better than him. That's another reason why I have him ahead of C.J. Henderson in my rankings. I have him back-to-back. Christian Fulton is the number 10 overall player for me. C.J. Henderson's number 11. If you like C.J. Henderson more, I know a lot of people do. Eric Crocker, whose opinion I respect as much as anybody when it comes to corners, he's a big C.J. Henderson guy. No issues with that. The reason why I like Fulton more is, one... Um, his ceiling is higher, and two, he's he's better in the run game. Um, but he's not great in the run game. Neither of these two corners we're going to talk about today are you know huge run defenders. They'll do it, but it's not what they're there for. Um, you know, Christian Fulton again. Just some more notes I have on him. Not super long frame, but it shows up. Wide receivers disappear um, just because he's always on top of them. His film is the best. Um, lack of ball skills. You know, you wish he was more physical in the run game. Injury, suspension, those are the question marks. Um, but he is very competitive and fluid. He was the number one recruit coming out of college, uh, high school in the state of Louisiana. Um, defensive player of the year. Uh, again, going back to when he was in high school. Uh, dude's just... He, He's nuts, and you want to look at athleticism, um, 110 and 300-meter hurdles, he was a champion. Um, it, and times, I'm pretty big on track times. Uh, in high school, he ran a 14.7 in the 110 and a 39.4 in the 300. Very, very fluid athlete. Now, if we look at his athletic comparables with all of the combine numbers and all those things, he doesn't show up near as well as C.J. Henderson. Um, you know, if you look at the players, this has nothing to do with play, uh, 
player tendencies or film or anything, just athletic profile. So like if you match up his height, weight, arm length, hand size, 40-yard dash, vertical, uh, all that kind of stuff, the corners that he matches the most, uh, you're talking Darquez Denard, Antrail Roll, Trayvon Mullen, DJ Hayden. So just to give you kind of the metrics itself with what he is comparable or what he's capable of though it's those guys right there um you know i had a hard time matching his film to another player uh antrail roll was the closest i could get um and again if you want to stay with trayvon mullen who's you know a recent player i said trayvon mullen but less physical but way better in coverage so you're winning some you're losing some but i love christian fulton i i do think that the sweet spot for him to draft is anywhere from 10 to 20 um you could perhaps fall back let's say all wide receivers are gone um at that 13 spot and you want to fall back you might be able to fall back and get fulton i don't think you can fall back and get cj henderson i think he's going to be higher on everybody's boards um so that is, man, and here's the thing as you're watching this film. You watch the Alabama game, he messes up rugs. He does great against Judy. Uh, he does great against Waddle. It, Christian Fulton's at his best, and you can see him impressed right here if you're watching with YouTube um, or wh wherever, if you can see the video. Um, he's at his best when he's playing against the best talent. His worst game was Utah State whenever he wasn't really playing against anybody. He's one of those guys that rises to the occasion. Now, I do wish that he would stick his nose in the run game a little bit more, but it's just not really who he is. Um, you know, I, I think... He's not necessarily going to be one of the guys that cost you because he's missing tackles a whole bunch. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of missed tackles, but he's not going to be Richard Sherman coming up. There's not a lot of Richard Sherman corners. Um, he is a rare guy, and but this dude's a play, day one starter. So let, let's say the 49ers do spend the number 13 overall pick or drop back a spot or two and get Christian Fulton. He's starting day one on top of Emmanuel Mosley. And I don't think it's going to be close. I love Mosley, and if he's our starter, I'm going to be very, very happy. But if Christian Fulton is on your roster and he's healthy, this kid has all of the elite traits to just be a stud at the next level. Um, that's just, that's just kind of who he is. All right, let's jump on to our second prospect of the day. Uh, we still got some time here. Staying in the SEC, we're heading down to Florida. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is C.J. Henderson. So as we jump over here to him, here's the deal with him. Smooth, long, athletic. If you watch the combine and you take a lot of stock in the combine, this guy's your number one corner. And uh, from an athletic perspective, he is off the charts in every single category. And he always has been that. Uh, this is a cornerback who bench pressed 380 pounds in high school. Um, I mean, he is, he was jacked up, squatted 540 pounds. And I mean, he's just, it doesn't make sense what he's able to do athletically. Now he's six foot one, two hundred and four pounds, so a little bit longer, and his arms are crazy long. Um, you know, nine inch hands, so he's got smaller hands, but thirty one and a half inch arms. Uh, four three nine corner speed off the charts. Um, he got twenty bench press reps. The dude is jacked for a corner. Um, thirty seven and a half inch vertical and one hundred twenty seven inch board uh, broad jump. Now, if you look at his measurables. I mean, the dude is 
you can't find anything that he's not, you know, 75% tile or better. Uh, weight, height, bench press, broad jump, 40-yard dash. He's passed all of those things. And so you're getting an athletic profile that fits what every single team wants at corner. Now the problem is, as we get into some of these stats, he's very uh, he loves to blitz the quarterback. He hates to tackle running backs. It's weird. He'll knock the crap out of a, a quarterback. He will play flag football whenever it's a running back. Two-and-a-half-year starter in the uh, SEC. And six interceptions. He had two pick sixes his freshman year. So uh, he came in halfway through his freshman year, and he has just not let up since then. Um, 20 passes defense, the exact same number as Christian Fulton, despite a lot more playing time. 93 tackles, four sacks. As I said, he loves to blitz. Eight tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. So just by the numbers, when you look at C.J. Henderson, you're thinking, man, this is a dude that loves to hit. But then whenever you put the film on, several different times you're just like, I don't understand. Um, I've, I've seen him hit. I know he can do it, but he just, he'll watch. And he seems like he'll try his hardest to not get into the pile. Um, you know, makes a lot of business decisions. You can kind of see the intensity there and he'll just decide, nope, save, save it for <laughs> the pros. And that's what you have to hope. You know, if you're, if you're having a conference call with this kid or a draft meeting, you got to say, Hey, Put a couple films up and say, why are you not getting involved here? Um, but while the ball is in the air, exceptional athlete. Um, you know, number one, uh, you're going to see number five and number one. Those are the two jerseys that he wore while he was there. Now, uh, if we look past that, let's get into some advanced metrics right here. He was targeted 110 times. He allowed 58 catches. So 52% catch rate, you want that to be a little south of 50%, but that's where he is. 109 passer rating allowed, that's too high. Uh, nine missed tackles, and he wasn't tested that often. Only nine deep balls were thrown his way that traveled over 20 yards. Four of them were caught. Um, eight forced incompletions and two dropped interceptions. If you are a C.J. Henderson fan, the reason why is the length and the athleticism and how fluid he is. During the combine, he looked the best on every single drill. And not some drills. Every single drill. He looked great. Um, his speed is great for his size. Whenever he turns the Jets on, it's impressive. Um, he's, he's, he's kind of the prototypical build for a cover three corner that the 49ers run. But if he if he misses, which he doesn't miss, let's say bump and run or press, his recovery speed is great. You know, there's guys that could say they're four three, and then you're just kind of like, well, yeah, okay, whatever. But this guy is a legit four three nine corner, and he shows it on film consistently. Um, he did miss three games due it to an ankle injury last season. I do hate how he hops. Uh, both feet up. He doesn't do a shuffle. He'll literally kind of jump little small hops, which are very, very bad technique when he's trying to diagnose uh, what's going on. That's something that he could fi uh, fix a little bit. No issues shadowing the top wide receiver. Uh, he can follow him to the slot. He can follow him, follow him all the way across the field. Jet motion, things like that. He does not mind playing in the box. And again, as I said, he likes to blitz. Uh, you'll see a couple highlights here, depending on how long this video goes where he'll just he'll force it right off the edge. 
Um, and again, if you want to hear, you know, my my video breakdown of this where I'm going over his footwork and all that kind of stuff, that's always going to be found over at patreon.com 40 and then just look up 49ers Rush Podcast. You can join us over there. Um, I'm going to get into more corners, but I thought that these two guys, and I didn't do Akuda. I don't think Akuda has an opportunity to fall to 13. Um, if I have some more time, I'll throw him up there, but I think he's going to be gone top six no matter what. But these are two guys that the 49ers can target at pick 13. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, he does have CJ Henderson has a lot of versatility. And because of that, I think that he's going to be the second corner to go. Whereas if you look at Christian Fulton, um, he's great, but CJ Henderson fits every single scheme. Unless you want a physically dominating run game corner. Uh, that's where he misses it. I wish he wanted to tackle more, but uh, he has the instincts he has the physicality. He just it just doesn't show up. Um, and he will literally stop himself from hitting a ball carrier sometimes. Now, another interesting thing that I found on him, he is known as the quietest player that has ever gone through Gainesville. The quiet. He doesn't talk at all uh, in the, the meeting rooms. He doesn't talk on the field at all. He's just not a talker. But he's not going to be bossed around either. You'll see him square up and kind of get into some shoving matches with wide receivers and stuff. But he's not the type of guy, uh, you know, if you want that loudmouth cor- corner like Richard Sherman, he ain't it. Uh, this guy is just not a talker. Uh, I will say this, though, and you'll see him with the number one jersey his senior year. Um, here's the deal. That's awarded. The last player that was allowed to wear that jersey in Florida was Vernon Hargraves, who was also a first-round um, cornerback. So Vernon Hargraves didn't pan out. But it's still, the pedigree is there. And I think it's a testament just to say, like, how well-respected C.J. Henderson is among teammates and coaches. He's a guy that you can just rely on. You put him out there on an island, and you just let him do his thing. Um he, He's he's a great corner. Prince uh, Amukamara, I think, is you know one of the guys that kind of fits who he is. Drayton Florence, Quentin Jammer was my comp, and I'm a Longhorn, and I don't use that comp very very often. But whenever you have somebody that has that length and speed to where they're the fastest player on the field at all times, it's very rare. And He's a very, very good corner, a very safe corner. I don't think that he is as much a gamble as uh, Christian Fulton is, but I also don't think that he has a higher ceiling. Uh, Here's the thing with Christian Fulton. He could be a home run or he could be a single. I think with CJ, you're getting a double or a triple. And so you you have that degree of, you know, top end to, you know, base or ceiling or floor, however you terminology you want to use there. If you want to swing for the fences, and this is a huge decision that teams have to make, do you draft for upside or do you draft for highest floor? Are you trying to be safe or you try to get the best player possible at that position? Um, and so, again, if you're going for a swing for the fences, I think you take Fulton. If you just want to be safe and you want a guaranteed starter for, you know, five to seven years, C.J. Henderson is probably going to be that player. Now, there's lots more corners, and I think we're going to jump into some of those. But uh, for today's time, uh, just wanted to drop by and give you guys these two right here. Now, I am seeing some comments real quick that I want to get to uh, from Mr. Miller. It appears we are pretty solid all, all around. Should we focus on best player available, or should we get a stud tackle, build from the trenches? Man, I think if you can get one of those three wide receivers, 
with that pick, I think that's uh, number 13. I think that's that's key. I've done probably 20 mock draft simulations since we've done the Buckner trade, and my favorite drafts have been when we get one of those three wide receivers, Henry Ruggs, wide receiver Alabama, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver OU, or Jerry Judy, wide receiver Alabama, get one of those three at 13 and trade back from 31. Those are my favorite drafts. Uh, I, I, I don't want to fall back from 13, but if we do... I don't want to fall back more than three picks because once we get out of that kind of 15 spot, then you're not getting the same type of player. I think that the the chasm of talent, once you get into 20, I don't care who you get. I, I care, but there's a bunch of guys, 20 to 40, I see the same. Uh, probably 20 to 60, to be honest with you. I don't think there's that big of a gap between the skill or the overall grade of those players, but one through probably 15, that's key. And so me personally, I'd be targeting those three wide receivers or these two corners I talked about today. You know, if one of the top three offensive tackles falls, uh, that would be awesome, but I just don't see that's going to happen. Um, You know, Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle out of South Carolina, is a realistic option as well. You can just plug him right into the spot that Buckner left with the trade. Um, But I I think this is going to be a wide receiver. I think that's who they want it to be personally. Uh, the Phenom agrees with me. I think we go wide receiver at 13. Um, there's better value than at cornerback. Yes, you're, you are correct. Um, you know, Fulton and CJ Henderson, I don't think that they are elite prospects. I think they're very good corners that are first round grades, and you're going to have more guys like them. Judy Ruggs and CD Lamb, I think, are elite. And so those are guys that I think uh, matter much more. Um, personally. So I I would want to address one of those guys. Uh, Let's see here, Drew. Uh, Will you do more live streams with the social distancing going on? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to put out more content. It's kind of weird. You know, I really thought with the everybody at home, the numbers would be higher. They're not. Uh, So whether that's, you know, me perhaps not doing as good a job, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'd like to do more content. And so I'm going to keep working and putting stuff out there. We'll see what's happening. But um, yeah, it helps whenever people show up and uh, subscribe and, you know, like the videos and all those things that helps us. And so it helps the numbers and all those things. So yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get more of those things. Miller, do you think Shani will go after the old workhorse Freeman? Um, if we did not tender Brita, I think so. But we have five running backs under contract currently. Well, Brita will be. Um, six is stupid. And what you're going to have to pay Devontae Freeman, uh, he's going to be making five to six million dollars, maybe a little less. But even if it's four million, I don't want to pay that uh, personally. I like the guys we have. Uh, so I would prefer there. John, hey, do we only have $11 million in cap space? That is correct currently as I am recording this. Um, back to Nick, this question here. What is our top priority? Defensive end, wide receiver, safety, corner, O-line. O- o- I think immediately it would be wide receiver and corner. Uh, those are the probably the two lacking elite spots, and it matches up with where we're drafting. Um, Sherman obviously is elite. I love Emmanuel Mosley, but I do not think that he is an elite corner. Uh, So take that for what you want. Wide receiver, you've got Kendrick Bourne and Debo. Uh, That's great. You know, you could talk about the young guys coming back. Anything you get from them is a bonus, but none of those guys uh, can be anywhere near... Rugs, Lamb, or Judy. I, I think 
those are very rare. This is, you know, being touted the best wide receiver class ever. And I think I don't disagree with that. I, I don't think any of those guys are Julio Jones, but guess what? There's only one Julio Jones. Uh, and I don't think we're going to see another guy like him for a while. Uh, real quick, what wide receiver in the draft is most like what Kyle Shanahan likes and values? I think it's Henry Ruggs. Uh, Judy has the route running that's insane. And so, like, if you want to make the Jerry Judy, yeah, get him at all costs, I get it. I really, really do. But if you look at the speed, the versatility, the special teams, um, the, all that stuff, Henry Ruggs uh, dropped passes. Ruggs dropped uh, one drop pass all year, whereas Jerry Judy dropped seven. And so, yeah, Ju Judy was targeted more, and he was the number one wide receiver. But, um, you know, it's kind of pick your poison with any of those guys. I think that's kind of what we got. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast today. Um, really do appreciate it. We're going to get lots more free agency news, but I think it's going to slow down after the second day. So I think it's going to get slower, slower, slower in between different times. Emmanuel Sanders is probably the next big shoe to drop. But I don't really think the 49ers are going to be able to bring him back. Unless he wants to come back for $5 million on a prove-it deal, one-year deal. I just don't see it. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. But thank you guys for joining us. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. And I will be back with you guys soon. Have a good one, and stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.